What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special episode for you guys. This is another one of our classic interviews that I'm bringing over here. Only this time, this interview was actually done on a different podcast with a different name on a different network. Now, the person we talked to was Mada from Tough Enough. And you remember he was on the 2015 uh, season of Tough Enough, and there was uh, multiple contestants on there, including Diana Dahlgren, Gabby Castrovinci, Daria Baranato, Georgia Gigi Piscina, Chelsea Green, Sarah Lee, Amanda Sacamano, Hank Avery, Alex Freaky, Tanner Saracino, ZZ, Patrick Clark, and Josh Brettel. So those were the those were the men and women affiliated with that particular uh, season of Tough Enough. Some of these people we already know because they're in the business, either in WWE or other promotions. Others were just on the show and then you never saw them again. But we did have an opportunity to talk to Mata. And by we, I mean myself and a gentleman by the name of Johnny Showtime. Now, Johnny is a guy who runs a podcasting network called the 10 for 10 Network that likes to talk a lot about sports. And they heard the Boochcast and wanted me to do my own show for them on their 10 for 10 network. And we called it the Booch's Whoop-Ass Can Opener. That was the name of the podcast. Now, the idea for that name came from when I used to work for the regular guys. Because the regular guys wanted me to do a wrestling podcast for their podcast platform. Because like most radio shows today, uh, they have the terrestrial radio show that goes out to the public. But then they archive and podcast it for people to listen to online. And they decided to throw in as a podcast extra the Booch's Whoop-Ass Can Opener where they would have me talk about wrestling because they saw how much of a wrestling fan that I was and how much wrestling knowledge that I had and you know stuff that I was still learning over time so when I had the opportunity to bring that to the 10 for 10 network I did and I would do it once a week and I did it for a very good run until eventually I had just so much going on in my life I finally had to walk away from it and there was a part of me that wanted to go back but the timing just never happened and who knows maybe someday I might go back if uh, under the right circumstances. Uh, maybe if Johnny Showtime's listening to this, maybe he'll want to make a deal with me again. Who knows? I always leave room for the unknown and, ex- and try to expect the unexpected. But anyway, I was very excited to talk to Mata. And the reason was because obviously Johnny Showtime booked Mata because he liked him just as much as I did. And part of the reason we wanted him on the show is because A, we were fans, and B, because he had recently gotten eliminated from Tough Enough. And both of us, me and Johnny, agreed that was a crock of shit. And the reason that he got eliminated was because of a loophole that was in the eliminations, whereas each judge gets one save. And that is, you get to save one time, one person from elimination. Now, originally, when Tough Enough started, the judges were Paige, Daniel Bryan, and Hulk Hogan, with Chris Jericho as the host. Well, around this time, the uh, the sex tape of Hulk Hogan had leaked, but there was the leak involving the, um, the quote-unquote racist comments that Hogan said. And within an hour of that coming out, he was immediately fired from WWE. Now, obviously, I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm just giving you guys a backstory. I, we can debate whether or not he deserved it or not later. That's not what I'm here to talk about. But then after he left, they replaced him with The Miz. And y'all know how I feel about The Miz. 
Miz. Well, what happened was the Miz used his one save on Amanda, who for y'all that don't know, that's Mandy Rose. And as a result of that, because she, even though she got the lowest score and she was going to be eliminated and she deserves to be eliminated because she is a shitty fucking wrestler. Now, granted, during her last NXT run, she did much better. Like I said, I was actually starting to respect Mandy. But during this time, she didn't know a wrist lock from a wristwatch. She was just a hot piece of ass. And I've always said there's a place in wrestling for hot pieces of ass, but I'm sorry. She was a hot piece of ass that couldn't bring anything else to the table, yet they were putting her in wrestling matches and actually saved her from elimination. Because as I mentioned before, The Miz, to me, is not a wrestler. He's a reality show guy posing as a wrestler, cosplaying as a wrestler. And proof of that was in this because he went with the reality show person who likes to cause controversy and trouble. As opposed to Mata, who if he had gotten a contract, would be just another person flying past The Miz because Mata would be better than The Miz in every aspect of the business. Mata literally had the total package. He had promos, he had a body, he had a gimmick, he knew how to work, he was perfect, but I guess The Miz saw him as a threat, so he saved Amanda, and as a result, Mata ended up getting eliminated. So, another reason why I fucking hate The Miz with a passion, that's another reason right there, amongst other things. Now, granted, my hatred for The Miz has gone down over the years because I've met so many other people in this business who are bigger cancers to it than The Miz could ever be, so The Miz has managed to go down the ladder without even trying, but people still like to bring up the fact that I hate the Miz, so that little backstory there is for the people who like to think that I wake up and go to bed thinking about the Miz when in reality I don't give him a second thought. But anyway, enough about me rambling. That's not why you're here. You're here to listen to the interview. So uh Johnny Showtime got the interview started. We got Mata on the phone and we recorded this. Now this was of course during uh Blog Talk Radio, because 10 for 10 Network was on Blog Talk Radio. Uh so I later brought this over to SoundCloud and now I'm bringing it here to Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeart radio for your guys enjoyment so sit back and enjoy as the booch and johnny showtime take on mata from tough enough ladies and gentlemen please welcome johnny showtime Benny the Booch, man, I'm so pumped today. It is absolutely so excited to get this debut show of, of Booch's whoops can opener going, man. I've always been a wrestling fan, you know, that, that's why I reached out to you. I'm ready to get this thing going, put the pedal to the metal. I'm hyped up. I got, I drink Mountain Dew all day long, Benny, to get this energy out of me because I'm ready to go. I cannot wait for everybody to listen in and find out who our guest is. We've been tweeting it out. A lot of people know who our guest is, but I just told him just recently, I'm so excited to have him on because I'm probably his number one fan. But Vinny, I'm giving it right back to you, man. Take it away. All right, folks. And on that note, um, with the excitement that I got and what Johnny Showtime's got, we're going to bring on our guest at this time. He is an actor. He is a celebrity trainer. He is a former pro football player. I mean, basketball player. Sorry. But you guys know him from Tough Enough. He recently got voted off in the most unjust way possible. But he was definitely by far the best contestant. I'm excited that he's taking time out of the schedule to chat with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man they called the Pharaoh of Tough Enough, Mata. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? Mata, I'm doing fantastic. How's your day? It's good. Uh, my day's going great. Uh, thank you guys for having me, man. You're very welcome, man. We're very excited. Um, you know, as we all know, you were one of the breakout stars um, on Tough Enough. Uh, what have you been up to uh, since, um, since leaving the show? Uh, for me, it's, you know, it's no days off. Uh, I went right back training. I'm actually meeting up with Patrick in Maryland tomorrow uh, to train at his uh, wrestling gym. Uh, because for oh. me, 
you know, for me, this is, you know, this is what I want. You know, my 30-second plea at the end, you know, came from my heart. Uh, I want this more than anything, and, you know, I'm going to get back to the Performance Center and uh, join the NXT one day, hopefully soon. Uh, so, for me, no days off. Uh, I'm working my butt off to get back there. Absolutely. I, I know the feeling about uh, no days off, and, and I love the fact that you and Patrick are still training, because I know that um, there was one uh, particular episode where you guys got into a, a bit of an argument on the TV screen. So, have you guys, like, reconciled, and you guys are now friends outside the show? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, me, and, me and Patrick are both competitors, and, you know, and as a competitor, you know, when you're competing, you push each other to the limit, you know, and I, you know, and I appreciate that. Patrick pushed me to my limits. I pushed him to his limits, and I expect nothing else from him because I, if I want to be the best, I want to go up against the best, and I want you at your best at the same time. You know, I play college and professional basketball, and I would get into fights with my teammates on the court, you know, and that's normal. And then have to practice or whatever, you're best buddies again. And it's just a competitive spirit that brings it out of you. But, you know, Patrick's a great guy, and, you know, he's got the same kind of passion as I do. And, you know, what you saw on the show is more of our competitive side going at it. But, you know, I love the guy. Well, I'm glad to hear that you guys um, still get along, though, cause, because, you know, cause sometimes we see one thing on TV and then, Another time we see something totally different, and and I heard you mention and I heard you mention about playing pro basketball. Um, just out of curiosity, what basketball team did you play for? I played everywhere. Uh, I'm a world traveler. I played in New Zealand, Australia, all over the Middle East. Uh, so I was, you know, I've been living out of my suitcase for probably like you know eight years. You know, I left New Zealand. I played uh, college basketball for four years, and then I went overseas. Uh, I got married about two years ago, so. Before that, I was just you know traveling the world playing basketball. So, um, did you ever did you ever get a shot at the NBA? I uh, know, you know, I wish I did, uh, but it just wasn't in my cards. You know, that was definitely a goal of mine, and I gave it everything I had. You know, I'm a gym rat. I was in the gym for like eight hours a day, shooting thousands of jump shots a day, and doing whatever it took for me to get to that next level. Um, but I definitely enjoyed my time playing basketball. You know, the NBA is the cream of the cream, top 300 players in the world, like. Even though I didn't achieve uh, that goal, uh, I'm still, you know, very proud of myself that, you know, I got to play professionally, which very few people say they uh, could say they did. But, uh, yeah, uh, now it's on to the next chapter, and, you know, WWE is my new passion, and, and I love it. Yeah, and with, the, and with the basketball and traveling overseas, you definitely have experience living out of the suitcase and being on the, ro- and being on the road, which is definitely an advantage to being a WWE superstar because, you know, there's some people that love the wrestling, but then the travel really gets to them, so... Uh, do you consider the fact that you've traveled everywhere as a basketball player? Um, do you feel that that prepares you for the grind of being on the road? Yeah, definitely. Uh, not just the road. Uh, you know, being heckled by fans, being in front of 20,000 people screaming your name uh, or booing you, for example. Being on the road, as you said, uh, conducting yourself in a professional manner because all eyes are always on you. Uh, so it, there's a lot that goes into it that people don't realize. It's not just about what goes on in the ring. It really is a 24-hour-a-day job. And, uh, you know, I've had past experience where I had to do that with professional basketball. Uh, so I'm well-equipped for that. You know, for me, I believe that I have everything it takes to be a WWE superstar and you know, I'm ready for all the pressure. Uh, you know, now the main thing is just getting my skills up to the rest of my abilities. And that's why, you know, I'm in the ring, I'm in the gym, you know, trying to improve myself on a daily basis. Uh, 
And what made you want to become a WWE superstar? I've always wanted to be, uh, you know, in the WWE. I just never knew how. Uh, you know, of course, growing up, I played basketball, but I grew up, you know, loving the WWE. You know, guys like The Rock and Batista was, you know, the first guy I saw that made me want to start lifting weights because that dude's just an animal. Uh, but I loved the WWE growing up. I just never knew how to really get into it, especially growing up in New Zealand. We didn't really have any wrestling there at all. Uh, you know, and then I continued with my basketball career, and it was successful, so I didn't really have, uh, you know, I didn't have, you know, any thought to kind of change careers. Uh, and so, you know, I got married and kind of, you know, settled down and, you know, gave up the basketball moved out to LA with my wife started doing acting personal training and you know everybody that saw me uh, especially now with the blonde mohawk you know the blonde mohawk is something recent I did it for a movie I just filmed with uh, Jason Momoa that's called The Bad Patch it's got Jim Carrey and Keanu Reeves it comes out next year it's going to be epic awesome uh, so, yeah it's a crazy movie it's like a post-apocalyptic cannibal love story uh, it's insane uh, so that's why I had the blonde mohawk and it was right before Tough Enough you know we stopped you know we uh, finished shooting about three weeks before and I decided to keep the blonde mohawk just you know it would have been perfect for you know WWE and everybody was like and you look like a wrestler. You look like WWE superstar. And it's funny when at the time when I had, you know, everybody was telling me that that's when I got the call from Tough Enough. Uh, and at the start, I thought it was, you know, a scam or something like that. I didn't really believe it. Yeah. Uh, and then next thing you know, down in Orlando, it was just surreal. Uh, happened so fast. But uh, it was an amazing opportunity. Got to meet some amazing people and people that I've looked up to my whole life. Uh, so it was definitely a blast. Yes. And, and, I, and, and being on the USA Network, you know, we got a chance to really see, you know, a little bit of what you guys went through from hanging out at the barracks to being in front of the judges training in the ring but for those of us for the people who like obviously didn't see everything because the cameras I know don't capture everything or they try their best to but from, from from your perspective what was the tough enough experience truly like yeah the tough enough experience you know everybody you know might see it on TV it looks tough but in reality it's a lot tougher you know what you see you know a five minute challenge that would take us five six hours to film in the heat you know in that Orlando humidity so for example, the Citrus Bowl, you know, we're out there for hours. Uh, so by the time you're actually running up those stairs, you're already dead. Uh, so it's much, it was a lot harder than actually, you know, you see on TV. The little stuff like that. And just uh, constantly, you know, the, the competition and everything like that, it, it kind of, after a while, it gets uh, mentally draining. Uh, but that's why the main thing with Tough Enough, it was more mental than actual physical. Uh, you had to be mentally strong to be successful in the show. Uh, and it showed, you know, people started cracking and, you know, and their performance in the ring wasn't there. Their focus wasn't there because just mentally they weren't in it. Yeah, I know you had that. I know you had that issue with um, with ZZ when you were in the ring with him. And um, it also it played the major role in, in, in the elimination, uh, ironically. But um, uh, how was it? I mean, obviously, how frustrated, like, are, are you still mad at ZZ? Are you, are you mad at ZZ at all for what happened? Because I know, obviously, you know, The Miz has gotten under your skin. I don't I don't blame you for that. But uh, do you blame ZZ for your elimination? Uh, no, not at all. It's not, you know, his fault. Uh, you know, and uh, I hate that The Miz had to, you know, call me out and say I played the blame game because, you know, if you go back and watch, you know, I actually trying to help him out. I was one of, I was the only guy that actually wanted to work with him because I wanted to get him, 
into speed and, you know, better. And that's how, that's what I am. I'm a natural born leader. I've always been a captain of my basketball team. And uh, that's what I do. Uh, and, you know, I didn't confront him until after, you know, I asked him, you know, what was up, you know, his head didn't seem to be in it. And, of course, I'm going to call him out. You know, if you make a mistake out there, you're going to get called out. You know, I told him, you know, if he messed up in the ring against, you know, John Cena, you don't think John Cena is going to call him out? Uh, you know, we're all, <laughs> we're all grown men here at the end of the day. You know, we're not playing peewee t-ball or something like that. You know, yeah. if you, you're a grown man and you mess up, guess what? Own up to it. Be a man. Own up to it. And guess what? I'm going to call you out. And, you know, it wasn't the first time Zizi's done this. You know, if you go on the WWE Tough Enough page, Look what happened yesterday. Look at the, the videos that they posted yesterday. You know, everybody thought, you know, I might have been just, you know, talking smack or whatever on Tough Enough. But look at the videos. Look how frustrated Billy is with ZZ. And that's what we saw from day one. People are just starting to see this now. But this has happened This has happened throughout the whole show. The coaches have had it with him. The competitors have had it with him. He doesn't want it. You know, he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. I love him. He's a beautiful soul. I love the guy. I love ZZ as ZZ. But he's not cut out for the WWE. He's only there for his 50 minutes of fame. I don't know what, maybe to uh, promote his Swamp Tour, uh, promote himself. But he's not there for the WWE. He told me, you know, for him, he doesn't care about the WWE. He just... You find something else after it, you know, and he's always asking about, you know, how long can he, does he have to wait until Tough Enough's over for him to do another reality show? Like, why would you ask that if you wanted to be a WWE superstar? Do you know what I mean? Like, I got eliminated. I'm not thinking about anything else in the world but getting back to the WWE. Uh, so I don't want people to think, you know, I'm some sore loser or something like that. You know, I'm done with the show. I have nothing to gain out of bringing him down. I want America. I want the world. I want the WWE universe to realize the truth and I want to give them the facts and it's great that WWE is posting these videos now. People can finally realize the truth and kind of stop voting for him because I want the best person to win. I don't want the most popular person to win. I, I agree with that a thousand percent and uh, and I also admire the fact that you wanted to help ZZ in the ring because and I heard this just from legends of wrestling when they've done interviews like some of the best wrestlers were not only because they were good in the ring but because they knew how to make their opponent look good in the ring. So I think by you trying to help ZZ look good in the ring, it just gives them more reason to say, this guy deserves to be here. Because not only do you have skills, but you're willing to take somebody who doesn't have skills, put him in the ring, and make him look at a million bucks. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, they Billy was mad that day, and he was like, which one of you is wants to work with him? Because it seems like nobody can work with him. Every, You know, he's just doing terrible. And I raised my hand. I went out there, and I worked with him. And I did my best. He lost focus a few times, and I told him to stay in it, stay in it, you know. Throughout the whole show, you know, I was kind of like a big brother to him, you know, when, you know, it had what went down with Patrick, you know, he didn't talk to anybody else but me, you know, and that's when we had a long talk and that's when he told me like for him, like, that's why he was really upset because he knew Patrick wanted this more than anything in the world and he doesn't want it. And that's why he kind of felt guilty because he, he really single-handedly eliminated Patrick uh, because of what happened. And he felt a lot of guilt from that, and, you know, he confided in me. And I've always been a big brother to him. I've all, I'm always going to love him, you know. And I told him after, you know, I think they have this online, you know. I told him good luck, you know, And but life's too short to do something you don't like. If you really want this, then go after it because, you know, you have the fan base. People love you. But if you don't want this, please, you know, just move on because 
you're going to take, you know, somebody else's chance, somebody else's spot, you know, who deserves it a lot more. Absolutely. And that's, that's usually the best advice that people give on Tough Enough, especially when people who make it past the rounds and they get picked and they get eliminated or they quit. And that's just, to me, that's, to me, quitting is worse than getting eliminated. If, if, the, yeah. if the judge cuts you, like I, I'm okay with that. Like that's like I could, like I, I like I know if I was the performance center with the shape I'm in, I would probably get cut. But I know I wouldn't. I know I would not quit if I got to that point. So I definitely think that. I, to me, my personal opinion, I think it's better to get eliminated uh, than to just quit and walk away. And yeah. I also want to talk about. I know that during while you were on Tough Enough, and this was this was a turning point. This is where I knew that you were definitely. This is when you became my pick to win. Was when during the promos you had this gimmick called the Pharaoh, which I enjoyed immensely. And uh, one, and this is something I want to talk about. One of the, is that for the most part, everybody loved the Pharaoh. Everyone believed what you were doing. You were passionate about it. It got me behind it. Yeah, Johnny Showtime, he was behind it too. But one of the biggest criticisms you got was that people kept saying that that's too 1980s. Like, get out of the 1980s. Like, my question is, like, like, how did it make you feel? Like, did you feel nervous or pressured to come up with a new gimmick? Or did you always just have this attitude of, this is perfect and I'm going to make it work? Yeah, for me, you know, or it started with that entrance challenge and I picked the King of the Ring card and instead of doing a usual King of the Ring with the crown and everything, I was like, you know, let me think of box. Uh, and that's when I came up with the Pharaoh idea. For me, you know, I, I think I can play many characters. It's not, people think I'm just one-dimensional. I'm only going to play the Pharaoh for the rest of my life. That's that's not it. But well, in the entrance challenge and the, 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 judge, the coaches loved it. Everybody loved it. The, coach, uh, the judges loved it too. And then I was like, okay, you know, maybe I got something here. So the next week we had the promos and I was like, you know what? Me and Josh had the battle and we're going to do it just straight up. Mata versus Josh. And Josh is like, let's just stay with our characters. You know, let's, I want to be British brawler. So I was like, okay, let me be Pharaoh. We're the only ones to go into character. We're the only ones that actually cut promos. If you go back and watch, uh, and we're like, you know what, let's stay with our characters. You know, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, that's 1980s or whatnot. But at the end of the day, you know, you, I think the eighties was a great era. I don't know about you, but it was a great era. <laughs> it's cool to go back old school and, and, you know, and bring back a character from the past or whatnot. But, and of course, like say, you know, if I go into the WWE and stick with a Pharaoh character, it's not going to, I might change it up to be a more like a new era, uh, Pharaoh edition, something like that, more of a Prince of Egypt or something like that, kind of the 2015 edition of the Pharaohs. But, uh, yes. you know, I, I'm not one dimensional. I can change my character however I like, but I like the Pharaoh character. A lot of people did. And uh, I got a lot, you know, a lot of my fans are from, the, you know, the Middle East, Egypt, and they were so proud to see that. And uh, I was happy to represent them uh, in that fashion. Yeah. Absolutely, and and like I said, even though like, and I admit like it did have an '80s feel to it, but what made it work was that you committed to it the whole time. Like you made everybody, you know, agree. I mean, everybody yeah. believe it. Like you know, because I've seen cause I've seen promos from Hogan, Warrior, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and you know, you sometimes you look at them and you go, "What the hell is he talking about?" But you hung on to their every word because they had passion and they believe what they're saying, and you did that with the Pharaoh. So yeah, I admit. It might have been a little yeah. outdated, and, you de and, and I admire the fact you want to update it, but what I loved about it was that I believed it, and we got Johnny Showtime back on, and I think he'll agree with me that, that the, your passion for the for the gimmick made it work for the fans. Yeah, yeah to me, absolutely. Like, that's one thing that the coaches were telling us, and whatever character you're in, you have to admit 110%. Uh, that was the first time in my life I played hero. Uh, I knew the only way I was going to win. 
and that's what I did, and I committed uh, on the entrance challenge, on the promo challenge, and that's what every challenge I committed 110% to that character. You know, now if you give me a different character, I'm going to do the exact same thing with that character. You know, if I drew British Brawler for that day, I would have been a British Brawler. You know, it just happened to be that I got the king of the ring, so I decided to go Pharaoh. Uh, but whatever character you play, you have to commit 110%. Otherwise, you're not believable. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, John, you got a question for Milo? Yeah, I do. Milo, first of all, I, like I said earlier, I want to thank you 100% for coming and joining us. It's absolutely an honor to have somebody of your stature on with us. Um, the, the cool thing, and I told you before, that you and I had a lot in common. We're both really big guys, um, but the difference is, is you're in shape and I'm out of shape. <laughs> um, I, I love the fact that you played pro basketball. Um, the only pro basketball experience I have is when I played on my NBA game on my Xbox. That's the only <laughs> professional uh, experience I have. But what I did not know about you is that you spent some time in Australia and New Zealand. And I have a brother that lives in right outside of Sydney in Melbourne right now. Um, he's in the country music business. And um, I've actually got to visit Sydney, Australia. And I tell people all the time that hands down, that is one of the most beautiful places on earth. The food there is amazing. And uh, when you said that just a second ago on the line, I was like, no way. I was like, this guy's my best friend. <laughs> but, the question I got for you is this, real quick, man. I, we don't want to take up too much of your time, but it's this: at what point before Tough Enough, during Tough Enough, did it click? You know, you, you hear all the time that a lot of people have that aha moment where yeah. I'm onto something here. It, it, did somebody tell you? Was it Booker? Uh, was it uh, Lita? Was it who came to you? Was it Jericho that came to you and said, "Look." Whether you're off the show or not, and I've said this from day one, when I saw you, I said, that guy's a wrestler. These other guys are on here, and maybe they've got the talent, you know, this and that. A lot of the divas, I don't even know what's going on with some of the girls. I do like Sarah Lee, though. If you can hook me up with that, I'd appreciate that. Uh, she's a beautiful young lady. But when was your aha moment? When did it click with you? For me, it definitely clicked uh, during the entrance challenge. That was the third week. And, you know, up until that point, you know, we, we, you know, we got in the ring a little bit, but we didn't do anything extensively, uh, just working on the basics. But when I did the entrance challenge and I walked through those curtains down to that ring and all eyes on me, the lights, the music, it felt like I was, it was Monday Night Raw. I had 20,000 people in front of me and that feeling, that adrenaline rush I got, it was like a high. It was like a drug, to be honest. And I was like, oh my God, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And I wish... There was 20,000 people watching me at that point. And I just owned that challenge. And the look in the eyes of my, the competitors as well as the coaches, it just they were in awe because that was the first time I was actually in character. Everybody just saw Mata. When I'm not, you know, me personally, I'm just a chill back, nice, humble guy. Uh, but when I switched, you know, and I do have that switch, when I switched, everybody's eyes were like, oh, my God, and I could just feel it. And that's what they told us before the challenge. It was like a lot of times people go to the arena not just to see everything. You can watch on TV, but it's the feeling you get when you see somebody walk down. That When you hear John Cena's music, that feeling you get. You know what I mean? And I saw their eyes, and I could sense that they could feel it deep in their gut. Like, wow. Like, who is that? And it was since then, that's when it all clicked. And the next promo challenge, and I killed that. And from that week, I just... 
I was killing it week after week. And then, you know, the great praises from Booker and the, the judges and uh, big shows. Like, man, I'm a fan of yours. It was just so humbling. And, you know, and I knew I wanted to do this for the rest of my life ever since that entrance challenge. Absolutely, man. Uh, it, oh, man, I'm so jealous of that because you get to see all these guys that I would love to meet one day. Um, I got a few more questions. Willie Sherrall, I think you got another interview. Uh, I saw a guy tweet you out, which is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, you know, but here's the thing, man, and this is my opinion, but I feel like Vince McMahon or Triple H or whoever is in charge of getting you back on the ramp, so to speak, I want to see Mata one day walk down a surprise entry on Monday Night Raw and beat the crap out of Miz. I feel like that would be a good story, but, you know, I believe in you, man. I know you can do it. I even tweeted you in a couple of days, like, I believe in this. I'll see you some motivation, whatever I need to do, because I've just been your number one fan. Uh, here's the next question I got for you is this, man. When you're in the ring, at the, at the moment, whatever, you, you know, you, like you said, you, you feel like there's 20,000 people cheering. You, you know, you saw the people's eyes like, this guy's believable. We know this. You know, Big Show sit there and told you he's a, he's a fan of yours. I always love to ask this, and we always try to be cheesy, but what would your finishing move be? What would your go-to, oh, my gosh, moment be? Uh, sorry, what was that? I couldn't, just hear, I couldn't hear that last part. Your finishing move. What would be your finisher? Oh, yes. I always get that question. Uh, that's I'm still, like, really trying to think about it. It really comes down to the character I play, but right now, since I've been playing the Pharaoh, I was thinking of different finishing moves. Like, I wanted to, to, to make one up called the Sandstorm, like kind of a spinning, like, finisher. Uh, just with the, you know, the Pharaoh, the desert, all of that. So I wanted to incorporate something like that because of that character. Now, if I were to play a different character, definitely I would come up with a different finishing move. Uh, but something like that, you know, like, you know, the pyramid, the sandstorm, something, you know, Egypt-related would be cool. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, for me, I love that, that, that energy you get from whether they're booing me or cheering me. Just the energy in the building kind of brings the best out of me. Uh, I love it. Absolutely, man. Now, real quick, uh, what position did you play in basketball? Uh, I played forward. I played both uh, small forward and power forward. I was a lot smaller back then. I was only about 230, so that's like 50 pounds lighter than what I am now. Yep. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, we're having Mata on right now with Tough Enough. The debut show for uh, Butch's whoop-ass can opener, Vinny Butch is the host right now. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever know me, you see a picture of me, I'm about 6'6", 280. Uh, Mata's, Mata's probably about 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", 280. But, look, ladies and gentlemen, Mata looks like what you would look like if you took care of yourself. Mata, you have the full physique, man. And the cool thing about it is you do have a history of – personal training, uh, you know, and just this health. I mean, your physique is flawless, and that's part of it. That's part of the wrestling game. You've, you've got the promos. You've got the, the look. You've got the, uh, the ability, especially. And I'm just shocked, even as it is a TV show, that you were gone. And there was some – if I'm the host or the, the producer of Vincent Man, I feel like I should have stepped in and said, hey, we can't let this guy slide even if he's off the show. Um, so hopefully there's something coming your way, man, because they can't let you go. But give me, is there, I don't know legally you can, but 
is there a way you could tell us, like maybe some celebrities that you were uh, that you personally trained? I read one time though that you trained the guy who was on Game of Thrones, the really really big guy. Yeah, yeah, he's like honestly, he's like my brother. Uh, we're really good friends, Jason Momoa. Uh, he's off Game of Thrones, and he's gonna be the new Aquaman. So he's gonna be in all the uh, uh, Marvel movies coming up with you know Superman vs Batman, Justice League, all of those movies. So he's about to blow up. But uh, yeah, he's a great guy. We actually train together. Like when I train him, we're like lifting for like three hours, and we train together because we we you know he's a competitor like me, so we push each other. You know, he tries to keep up with me. So uh, that kind of gives them extra motivation. Absolutely. Well, man, my last question is this. I ask every athlete that we've had on here, you know, whether they're an NFL player or a basketball player, whatever it is, but I always ask this. Is whenever times get tough, man, and, you know, you're waking up in a hotel room, you said you lived out of your bag for a while, but when times get tough and you want that thought of quitting, maybe crosses your mind, it crosses everybody's mind, but what keeps you going, Mata? What gets you up early in the morning to go pound those weights again, to get in the ring again? What keeps you motivated? For me, uh, my my biggest fear in life is not reaching my full potential. So that's what gets me up. I know God gave me great potential. And Amen. I want to work as hard as I can to make sure I reach that potential. You know what I mean? So that's what gets me up in the morning. You know, I know I have a lot to offer, you know, whether back basketball or where now it's more it's WWE. Uh, I know I have so much potential, and that's what gets me up. That's what drives me because I want to be the best at what I do. Oh, potential, man. Your potential is to outer space. It's unreal. The ability, the, the look you've got, and I can't wait. I know you're going to be a WWE superstar one day. Um, I know you're going to be on the video game one day. And if WWE ever comes to Nashville and Mata's here, I will make sure somehow, some way that we can meet up. Uh, man, I've always been a fan. I'll continue to be a fan and push for you. Uh, I've, I've grown up a wrestling fan. I love it, man. And I'd wish you nothing but absolutely the best of luck, and God bless you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on, and I really appreciate all the support throughout the whole show, man. So thank you for all those motivational picks. They definitely helped. Absolutely, man. That's what I'm about. I love making people better. That's what I do. So thank you for doing this, Chris, for 10, ladies and gentlemen. Mata from Tough Enough. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Take care, thank man. Thank you so much, man. Uh, thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was uh, my interview with Mata from Tough Enough with uh, Johnny Showtime as a special guest co-host. And um, once again, I will thank Mata from Tough Enough from being a guest on my show, even though technically this episode was from a few years ago. I was still excited to talk to Mata. Thought he did a fantastic job. And I do want to thank Johnny Showtime for setting that interview up and for the time that I spent on the 10 for 10 network. It's fantastic. Um, I'm assuming they're still on Blog Talk Radio. And if they are, go check out the 10 for 10 network on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, in addition to wrestling, Johnny does a lot of other sports-related shows and he definitely knows his stuff when it comes to sports, particularly basketball. I know he's very much a huge basketball fan. In fact, at one point, I actually considered maybe bringing him on as a basketball correspondent, but obviously that never worked out. Nothing bad, just couldn't really get in contact with him and also just schedules were out of whack, you know? So it was just something that never happened. But like I said, who knows? Maybe someday uh, I'll return to the 10 for 10 network and maybe we'll do some more collaborations again in the future. Obviously, um, I'm open to collaborations. I've, I've got quite a few 
few in the tank that I'm working on. So uh, it would be great to see, especially with, um, you know, the free time that I have right now and all the experience that I have now. I, I can be in a much better position to put on much better shows than I did back in the day. So that'll officially uh, wrap up this episode of the Boochcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, January the 27th for the WWE Royal Rumble. This will be the first stop on the road to WrestleMania, so make sure you join us as we find out who will be winning the men's and women's Royal Rumble matches and hopefully, please God let this happen, main event nights 1 and 2 of WrestleMania 40. Because the Royal Rumble winner is not main eventing the pay-per-view, then the pay-per-view is fucking meaningless. By that I mean the Royal Rumble being fucking meaningless. And of course, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99, $10 per month. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air that make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And until next time, this is Vinny Booch. A.K.A. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.